You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras, and this is part three of a five-part mini-series all about how you can scale your social media business. Once you've finished listening to this episode, make sure that you head over to the show notes because that's where you'll find a ton of resources to help make scaling your business really easy, regardless of which route you've chosen to take. I'm talking about the two Lauras. They'll be your biggest supporters. What the selling you'll need more of. I'm talking about the two Lauras. I'm talking about the two Lauras. Okay, we're back. Episode three of this mini series. And we're going to talk about memberships in this one because they are the hot topic, if you like. They have been over the last few years. And memberships are going nowhere. There's so many businesses right now who are launching memberships. Actually, I went and bought, I needed to buy a new Nespresso machine recently because um, Kev like, lives on coffee. If he doesn't have coffee, then it's a disaster. Anyway, so I went, had to go and buy a new Nespresso machine because his was broken. Even Nespresso now have a membership. I couldn't buy a machine from them without signing up to a membership. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really annoying. Anyway, so I had to buy one off eBay because I didn't want to join their membership. Anyway, that's um, going off on a tangent before we've even started this episode. I think it's fair to say, though, that memberships are a, are a great thing for online businesses for various reasons, but the main one being that you get a recurring in- income, you know, cut straight to the... <laughs> yes, recurring revenue is so important, isn't it? If you want to scale and you want consistency in your income, you want to know how much money you're going to be bringing in next month without having to go out and constantly slog to sell and not worrying about that you might lose a client, recurring revenue is so important. It's made a massive difference to our business, hasn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that there's so much opportunity out there. You know, if you think of all the businesses out there and how everyone needs help with something, I think there's no business out there that doesn't need help with something. And if you can fill that gap with a membership, you're on, you know, onto a winner. Like there's some people we know, don't we, Laura, in our like mastermind we're in and their memberships. I would never even dream. I would, they're just like bonkers, aren't they? That people have memberships on like balloon modeling. Like, yeah, but, but they do phenomenally well, you know, like million pound businesses. They're just incredible. And so, you know, you, there's so much opportunity out there. It's, it's exciting. Definitely. Which leads me to my first question. So, Back in the day when we first joined forces, you might remember that I wanted to start a membership and Laura Davis, you didn't, did you? No. You were very anti us doing a membership, weren't you at that point? So why? Why was that? I felt, and this, if you listen to the other episodes in this series, you'll remember that we talked about how the toolkit, which was the first thing that we created, we wanted it to just essentially mean that when people were asking us all these questions about how to set up a freelance business or how to win clients, we just had something to answer their questions with. It wasn't ever going to be this big toolkit that it then became. And this business was never really even on our radar. So to me, I felt that the toolkit just answered the problem there and then. It was the short I, you know, I wasn't thinking long term. I wasn't, it, it was an immediate fix to an immediate problem. But also, in many respects, it helped us to validate the need. So yeah. we were like, suddenly, hang on a minute. Everyone's buying this toolkit. Everyone's raving about it. Everyone's saying about how good it is and it's filled this gap. And we were like, so actually, there is this need. There is an actual need for people. And they were coming back for more support and they were asking us more questions. And we were like, well, we can't keep adding 
to the toolkit. We can't keep yeah. putting things in the toolkit. And that was what we did to start with, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it soon became impossible for us to continue doing that. Yeah. So, you know, and it's obviously easy to say these things in hindsight, but at the time I just wanted something that solved that problem that we were having. And our problem was that we were getting kind of inundated with people asking us questions and this was the, the short-term fix. Yeah. And obviously you had your agency, which you still have, but that was like a big priority for you at that point. And I seem to remember you saying that, like the membership would take too much time. Yeah. And, you know, you had too many other things on. Well, yeah, because... It's like understandable. Yeah, we had no business at the time. We had no business together. We were no. like, we had no, we had nothing. We, no, we had a limited company that you set up one evening randomly and that was it. Yeah, like there was nothing formal in anything we did apart from we both had this combined d- digital product. So to set up a membership would have just felt more formal as a, yeah. you know, sh- you know, shit, I'm going to actually have to formally work with Laura Moore. And as you say, I had all my clients, like, how was I going to do this? But I think, you know, in hindsight, obviously the toolkit, as I say, then kind of validated that there was this need and it made us realise, you know what, actually, we need to find ways in which we can support these people more. So no regrets? No, absolutely not. And I think... I still stand by the fact that we did it the right way. We did. We did do it the right way. Yeah. I think if we'd have gone out with the membership, I think we'd have probably done okay, but it wouldn't be as amazing as our current membership is. That sounds really arrogant. But I think we learn a lot in those kind of 18 months from kind of working together to launch in the Inner Hub. We learned a lot about our audience. And I think that meant that when we created our membership, we knew exactly what we needed to do. Yeah, I would agree with you. Before we did this, though, had you ever thought about having a membership before we joined forces? Well, it's interesting you asked that. If you'd have asked me that, like, back in, like, 2018, 2019, I'd said no. But actually, now I know, the answer would have been yes. So I was thinking of doing, like, a subscription, which I don't know whether it would have had legs. I think it would have done at the time. There's probably loads of people doing it now. But I wanted people to pay on a regular basis and I was going to send out an email. I had I just kind of niched at that point. So I wanted to send out a regular email which gave people all the ch- changes that had happened to social media, how they can use it in their business, but also more general advice about using social media to grow and ads to grow their businesses, but specific to that particular niche. It was really simple. It, that was that all sound so simple and brilliant. <laughs> I wish we'd done it. I know it, it could have been. It could have been amazing. And at the time, I will put money on the fact that there were plenty of people already doing that, all similar. But for me, I w- couldn't find anyone doing it in particular to that niche that I was working at, with, with at the time. So it could have been great. And it again, that was because I, I wanted to create it because it was solving a problem that I was experiencing, not necessarily my my audience but it was the the businesses out there who were coming to me saying oh well hang on you've just said on your social media that this has changed but how can I actually take advantage of that what can I do to make the most of that or or just generally you know how can I use social media for better for my business but they weren't able because they were too small they weren't able to they didn't want to use me as a social media manager and I was at capacity and so it was a, going to be a way that I could give them that advice really affordably it wasn't going to take up any of my time really you know once a, I don't think I was even going to do it weekly I can't remember now but once a month or once a fortnight whatever it was going to be I was able to just pop everything down on an email and that was going to be their answer to their problems like I don't know whether it worked. 
I probably well, I think it would have because there's plenty of people who are doing that now, isn't there? You can sign up to paid subscriptions for emails like that. So yeah, I think it would have done. Yeah, maybe. What about you? When are you going to do something? Yeah, so well, I was going to do something pre like working in social media. When I had my cake business, I wanted to do a membership. But I just at that point it wasn't on my radar to even know how to do it. And but back then people had started, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I was a member of a couple of different memberships for cake decorating then. And I but I wanted a membership because I taught people locally to me. And I didn't have these big grand plans that I could grow a massive global membership. So my idea then was some sort of membership where they would pay a subscription and they would come to regular classes with me. But I never did get that off the ground, just didn't really know how to take the payments or anything like that. So I didn't do that. But then when I was focused more on marketing, I had a Facebook group that was full of like small business owners. And I did, I wanted to monetize that group. I wanted to turn that into a paid group, but I, I didn't do it because you and I joined forces. And before we joined forces, I was giving so much for free in that group. It would have been very difficult, I think, to have turned it into a paid group. But the idea was just that it was just somewhere that people could come into a community, they get their answers for whatever it is they were struggling with. I would share tips and, and ideas just in the community. Like how easy would that have been just to a paid Facebook group? The regret is real. I should have done it. <laughs> but just to keep things simple and yeah. not have like so many different, like our membership, I think it is amazing, but there's so many parts of it, isn't there? So yeah. many parts. Yeah. We offer a lot in our membership. Yeah. Yeah. We, we probably could have kept it more simple for our, be our benefit. Yeah. So, you know, we talk quite arrogantly about the Inner Hub being a good membership. Why do you think? What, we, what did we do right when we launched the membership? Well, we did what you said and we, we didn't do it straight off the bat when I wanted to, which served us well because we really understood our people by the time we launched it. We had an audience. We had an audience of the right people. We were very niche. We understood their problems. We understood what they needed to solve those problems. And we gave them all of those things. We didn't just one day say, oh, we're launching a membership tomorrow. We talked about it for ages before we launched it, like months and months, wasn't it? Well, I think it's fair to say the, the reason, so it, right back at the start when Laura Moore had said to me, I think we should have a membership. And I said, no, let's do a digital product. And the talk, it did so well. When Laura then was like, right, I think now's the time to do a membership. The, the pressure was on really to prove who was right and who was wrong. <clears throat> I was right. I was right. <laughs> we did it the right way. We were both right. <laughs> so to me, I was like, right, well, if we're doing this, this is not going to be a flop. And I, I know you said to you that was like important. That was important to me as well. But it was also really important to me to prove to you that it was the right thing to do, which yeah. is why I put it upon myself to go and find the right people to help us and like that's why I said to you that we need to do Stu McLaren's course and I was quite adamant that we had to do this course wasn't I and if we were going to launch membership we had to do it right we had to learn from the best person to get it right yeah and I remember at first being like no I'm sure there's other people I don't want to pay to do that course I'm not doing another course yeah. there must be other people and we looked at all these other people and then everything kept coming back to Stu McLaren wasn't it yeah you know, and in hindsight, but that's just me probably being a bit tight, which is odd because normally you who's tough. Yeah, and it, that is true. But one of the th reasons that, and I remember this so well, I remember listening to one of Stu's podcasts on the way back from driving from Williams School and him sharing an idea on that podcast for an upsell on a thank you page. And I remember us putting that in place in the toolkit and it made us a lot of money. 
And I remember saying to you, this is why we need to trust this guy because he's already made us money. And that was one of the reasons that we then thought, yeah, okay, let's do this course. Yeah. And it, it was timed perfectly for us, wasn't it? Oh, it, definitely. You know, it, it was right at the time that we were saying, well, if we're going to do it, we need to do it now and kind of thing. And it was just as he launched his course, which was back in, we did that 2020, didn't we? Just before the world went right. I think the world had already gone. No, yeah, that just, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just that naively us thinking the kids would be back in school in six weeks. <laughs> we could throw ourselves into this course. But yeah, so we definitely took advice, didn't we? Like, yeah. And because like Laura said, the pressure was on her to prove that she was right. And I felt like we had one chance, really. Yeah. One chance to do it and do it well. So we did go all in on it. And we're quite big on investing in our business. So like we're forever like signing up for courses, masterminds, one-to-one help from people. And we would not be where we are now without having done that. And I, I'm i a big kind of believer that investing in your business is how you move move the needle, as they say. Yeah, I agree. So Because at the end of the day, we're all on social media. We're seeing people who've done what we want to do and we want to know how they did it. So it makes sense to invest, to learn how they did it from the people who've already done it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obvious when you put it like that. <laughs> okay. So what we did well then is we obviously invested in learning. We'd grown our audience, hadn't we? But we continued to grow our audience and continue to grow an engaged audience, I think was key. Like We put a lot of energy into the hub, which was our free Facebook group. And we listened to, like you say, to everything that was going on, what people were struggling with. We wanted to get to know exactly what they wanted so we could obviously help yeah we also and i know i'm going back to Stu again but we we had preconceived ideas about what we wanted in our membership and i think sometimes we do get an iron way and this probably applies to everybody because you think you know best and even though somebody's telling you that there's another way to do it you've already got in your mind what you're going to do and i think we were very open to taking advice from people who'd been there before and done things before and we listened to what people were telling us would work, particularly in that the course that we did. And originally, we were going to have our membership be open. You could join any time. Yeah. And there was these big red flags coming from this course. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listening to that was a really good thing that we did. Yeah. Because that made it so much easier for us. But I think if we hadn't have done that course, we hadn't have listened to that piece of advice and just taken our own arrogance of knowing better, that would have been our downfall. Yeah, well, without a doubt, without a doubt, we would never have been able to launch the Inner Hub in the way we did it Mm. with such a a kind of big launch. Yeah. And there was a few other things that we changed when we were planning it because we were listening to advice. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that worked really well for us is that we did a launch. Yeah. Um, And as you just said, we kept it as a closed membership so if people didn't join at that point then they were going to have to wait and we still operate that kind of open closed membership now and it means that we can yes we'll open it but often when it's closed we can just be fully present in the membership delivering yeah Yeah, if we were selling the membership all the time we wouldn't have time to help our members no and then like what would be the point of that the whole point of our membership is that we want to help people yeah okay so in terms of if anyone listening wanted to start a membership now, what would we tell them to do? What, what could they learn from us or what would our general advice be? I, I think get to know your audience. 
you know, see what it is that they need. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Just because like if you've been in memberships and they've had certain things in their membership, doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. No. You can build a membership however you want. It could be as simple as sending a weekly email like you were going to do. It could be as simple as having a Facebook group like I was going to do. It could be all of those things. But sim- simple, my advice would definitely yeah. keep it simple. Like our membership, relatively speaking, is quite complicated, mm. which might not seem it, but it is. That We could have done it in such a more simple way. And I don't regret it. I love the inner hub and I think, and I hope our members love it too. But yeah, if I was going to do it again, I'd do it differently. And I think also when it comes to what you're giving people in your membership, it can be really easy to feel like, oh, I need to give them this and I need to give them that and like pile loads of different things on. But just remember that this most memberships are quite low ticket. Like people are paying a, a small amount per month. And so they don't get to have one-to-one help from you on a Zoom call every week when they're only paying you like £40 a month. You need to really consider what it is that you're giving them. So they're getting value for money, but you're not over delivering. Yeah. You don't want to burn out, but also you want room to grow because if people then want that one-to-one regular, you know, coaching calls or what have you, then you've got another level or another membership you can launch at a later date. Yeah. Or you could offer them like a VIP day or something. Yeah. That's a, you know, a, a significantly higher price. Yeah. Okay, so another thing that I think we we were fortunate that we had in place, we'd I'd highly recommend everybody doing it, is really to grow your list. Yeah, so if you are listening to this and you don't have an email list, go out after listening to this and start yourself an email list because it's so important. No matter how you're scaling your business, you need an email list. Yeah, and an email marketing plan. You know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> don't just put list. people on your list. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be a plan in place for you know what you're going to do with these people once they're on your list. But without a doubt, for us. Despite the fact that our background is ads and our background is social media, without a doubt, our email is our biggest converter. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the case for everybody. For some people, their biggest converter will be ads and other people, they'll do just fine on just purely organic social media and all of that is fine. But for us, and if you, you know you want to take our advice, if we hadn't have had our email list, we would not be in the position that we're in now. So make sure you've got a plan in place from today to either set up an email list, if you've got one, of how to grow your email list, but also how you're going to keep that email list, opening your emails and engaging with you on email going. Yeah, you want you want your emails to be things that people look forward to getting in their inbox and actually open. If you're not on our email list, we'll put the link in the show notes. Definitely come and join our email list because you'll see what we, we don't sell in our emails all the time. It's not a newsletter. We're sending emails that people want to read. And so have a look at those and see how you can do that for your business. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else do people need to consider? I think it's important to remember that you don't have to get it right from day dot. We've changed so much about our membership. We've changed the membership platform that we've used three times. We're not on the same thing that we were when we first started. It's fine to change things. You don't have to get it right first time. Don't be afraid if you start it and you think, oh God, I wish I'd done blah, blah. You can change it. Yeah, it needs to be, you know, good when you launch it. But those first founding members who are going to be with you, they need to be coming in knowing that you're testing things out. You're going to be building that membership around them to give them whatever it is that they need. And that means that there will be changes as time goes by. And if you can position those changes as being beneficial to them, then no one's ever going to say no to that. They're not going to, you know, put up a fight because you've changed something that's going to make it better for them. So just don't stick with something. If it's not, if it's not working, change it. 
Yeah. And I think on that note, there's a mindset issue here with a lot of, I think there's this fear that if you change something, people leave and it's time, but that's okay. You can never, ever run a membership where you're going to retain a hundred percent of your members. Like it just doesn't exist. People like for us, we're fortunate that our retention is high, but we do people do leave like that's okay they leave mainly the main because we ask the main reason people leave is because they no longer work in the industry so we can't force them to stay but you can't stop yourself doing something and stop yourself refining and changing things in your membership with because you're fearing that people will leave yeah because people are going to leave anyway it's um, it's just what happens you Yes, you need a retention plan in place. And yes, you need to be mindful that people may leave and kind of learn from that and try to see if there are any ways that you can improve that. But you can't stop yourself from moving forward. And this goes back to something that we talked about in the first episode is that this is your business. So if you need to redesign your membership, and this goes to anything, but if you need to redesign it because it's not working for you, then just do it. You are in control of your membership, not your members. And so if something isn't working for you, you can change it. And sometimes the smallest changes have massive impacts because suddenly you've created something that actually now more people want. So don't be afraid to make those changes. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to touch on something you just talked about then was retention plan that you do need to have a strategy for retaining your members that's important because the recurring revenue is only recurring if people are actually paying you month after month and staying in your membership and a lot of times if if people are starting a membership then they're thinking about what's going to be in the membership who's going to be in the membership how they're going to launch a membership but they're not thinking about how they're going to retain people in that membership i think it's fair to say like it's, it's easy for us to say that and make out that we know we knew all about retention plans no, like we did we did it and when we signed up for Stream McLaren's course, we were like, in my mind, and Laura Moore might be different, but in my mind, I thought that course was going to help me think about what that membership looked like and how to launch it. I hadn't even yeah. thought about it. It hadn't even crossed my mind. <laughs> well, d- when we first did that course the first time, we've done this course a few times now, and we're probably going to do it again this year. When we first did that course, I didn't even watch the, mem- the retention mem- modules. Hi. <laughs> <No. laughs> I've watched them now, but at the beginning I didn't because my mind was focused on launching a membership. Yeah. And you kind of focus on what's important to you at that point, don't you? Yeah. So I think in terms of bringing this back to people who might be considering a membership, I think it's worth saying that a membership has huge opportunity for people. There are a lot of benefits to businesses when you can get that recurring regular revenue in your business, which is nice for some people. It's really nice and it takes the pressure of having to have those one-to-one like done-for-you clients. And then it also gives a place, like if you're a social media manager and you have those clients, oh, I can't afford that. A membership is affordable. It's another option for them. They don't have to have you do it for them. They can do it themselves with your support. And it's just, it's a routine for them to work with you on a cheaper basis. We all know, don't we, that there are businesses out there who cannot afford to have a social media manager. And I would be surprised if there is anyone listening who has never, ever had someone say, how much? Or I can't afford that. Or I'll have to come back to you later. Have a discount. Yeah. Yeah. Like for many people, when you then go, oh, okay, well, I'll reduce, I'll reduce what I'm charging. Don't. But a membership... To a degree, a digital product and potentially a course is another option. So by saying to somebody, oh no, this is my price, I'm going to stand by that. 
you can go. And obviously that's a good thing. Like that's a good thing to stand your ground. But actually, if you can also say, look, you know, you can't afford me right now, but here, why don't you come and join my membership? And I give all this advice or whatever it is that you offer. And this will see you through until you're at the point that you want to outsource it. It it price fixes as well, kind of, doesn't it? Because then they realise how valuable what you're offering is. Yeah. Because like, yeah, they could pay 50 quid to do it themselves or it's going to be a thousand pounds to actually get an expert to do it for me. I can really understand the value in that thousand pounds now because I've spent that time learning all of this stuff and trying to do it myself and it's hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, and as we've mentioned, we like we were fortunate that when we launched the Inner Hub, it did well and we had a large like founding member. You don't have to. No. Like you you can have a small membership of five people. That's five people paying you monthly that you're learning from and then you have that learning to help you build that membership, to help you grow that membership, then that is gold, you know. Yeah. So you don't have to go big. And some people may think, oh, God, I'd hate a membership of 500 people or the pressure of... And it does help, obviously, that there are two of us. So don't let that put you off. You can have really small memberships or subscriptions, you know, like I was going to have, that are manageable. You've just got to think outside the box. And as I mentioned, you know, when we worked with Stu McLaren and it never ceases to amaze me, even actually he's got a free group as well, hasn't he? That the people in there, the different businesses that people are developing membership out of, are just, it blows my mind. It's yeah, exciting. Yeah. I think the other thing I just want to touch on as well is, is pricing. When you start a membership, it doesn't have to be a low ticket option. We're in some memberships that are, are expensive, aren't we? You know, like some of the memberships we're in are like $200 a month or something um, or more. So if you're offering something that's really valuable, giving something, you know, your members something that's really useful and valuable to them, price it to match that. And I think that it has to be low because they're paying you every month. And don't think that if it's high, you have to give loads. No. That actually the more we pay in our memberships, the less we get. In terms and the less we kind of need it as well. We don't need yeah. that handholding in those high expensive ones. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. The higher you get, the less, the, le- the less deliverables, I think, is, you know, what we do get is always amazing advice, which is well worth what we pay or amazing resources. But it's the deliverables, i.e. we're not getting a hundred different things fired at us each month because we don't want that. We don't need this. We don't want the stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, so, yeah, a high price membership does not mean you have to deliver loads of different things. You can just deliver one thing a month or a quarter even, but that one thing is incredible. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many different ways you can do a membership. In fact, what we'll do is we'll put a link in the show notes to the membership guide that Stu created. So you can download that. There's loads of advice in that, including all the different sort of membership models that you could consider. So go and grab that. We'll put the link in the show notes. I'm going to go and create a new membership. Oh, charming. It's quite exciting though, isn't it? We're forever saying to people, you can make this into a membership, you know? Yeah. So if you've got an idea, feel free to reach out and ask us because we love to have a bit of a chit chat about that. So next episode is all about courses. So if a membership isn't floating your boat, then maybe you want to consider a course or you might want to consider a course, which has also then got a membership at the back end of it. Options are there. Then anyway, we're going to talk about courses in our next episode. Yes, but before you go, we've created a resources hub that goes alongside this series and we will pop the link for that in the show notes. 
That Resources Hub has got tons of blogs and links and downloads and tools and all sorts of things in it to help you to scale your business. And in the meantime, we would love to hear from you. So come and find us on social. We are always up for a chat. We are at the two Lauras on all platforms. Drop us a message. Let us know what your thoughts are on scaling, what route you might be going down, whether you want to scale at all. And also, if there's something else that you'd like to hear us talk about in a future mini-series, let us know that as well, because we are totally open to ideas and we love to have a chat. And we'll see you in the next episode.